Good morning, everybody. As we begin, uh, this will be most likely, depending on how I do on time, the last lesson going through the Book of Ruth. So we'll be wrapping it up, and then um, in two weeks... I'll do an overview of a of something we see in Ruth, either a, an overview of the book or an overview on a topic, but um, depends on how well I do this week on time. So, um, because there's something here that's pretty cool that I could look at next week. So, <clears throat> as we begin, let's let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are gracious to us, that you have given us your Son to redeem us to yourself, and pray that we would look upon your word with eyes of faith, that we might know you and him better. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we're going to look at Ruth chapter 4, verses 11 through the end of the book, 22. So I'm just going to read through, and you guys follow along, and then we'll uh, get into the lesson and go from there. <clears throat> then all the people who, are, who were at the gate and the elders said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you act worthily in Epathra and be renowned in Bethlehem. And may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And he went into her, and Yahweh gave her a conception, and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be Yahweh, who has not left you this day without a redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Aminadab, Aminadab fathered Nashon, Nashon fathered Solomon, Solomon fathered Boaz, Boaz fathered Obed, Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered David. And I, I, as I was reading, I switched from saying Lord to Yahweh. So I try to read Yahweh when I see the all capital Lord, but I forget, so <laughs> sorry if that's confusing, but... Uh, a lot of my lesson, I will be referring to Yahweh. So, <clears throat> um, But just uh, wanted to put this into your mind to get you thinking about what we're going to go through and see here. Have you or have you ever seen anyone accused of wrongdoing falsely and not been given the opportunity to set the story straight? <clears throat> and And if that's the case, isn't it a relief 
when the time comes that the story, story is set straight, when the truth comes out. So as we finish up the book of Ruth and see everything that has happened in the book, we'll see that everything, especially in the beginning of the book, we'll, we'll see it wraps up here as Obed is born to Naomi. <clears throat> so her time in Moab ended with the death of her family and the emptying of her life and as she returned to Bethlehem, barren and bitter, <clears throat> to find food. And as she returns, she roundly accuses Yahweh of mistreating her, of having his hand against her, of taking away the fullness with which she went to Moab and bringing her back to Bethlehem with emptiness, emptiness of hand. And Yahweh has stood accused without yet being publicly vindicated. But Yahweh is demonstrating throughout the book that he has, he has not abandoned his loving kindness or hesed to Ruth. Hasn't he? (laughs) Throughout the book, we see that. And here, at the birth of Obed, we come to his ultimate act of Hesed and his public vindication. So today, we're going to be looking at this, uh, that how God vindicates his loving kindness toward Naomi, though she's accused him of the opposite, by his giving to her a son that will bring resurrection life. And I've got three points, and we'll try to go through all three. But we may only do the first two. So the first one is Yahweh's loving kindness toward Naomi is vindicated. The second one will be uh, that Yahweh's <clears throat> gives life to the dead Naomi by a son, by a servant son. And then the third point is that Yahweh brings a king to Israel through a servant. So the first point, Yahweh's loving kindness toward Naomi is vindicated. So uh, you might just put your finger in chapter 1, because we'll be looking back there, back and forth between the two chapters um, a bit. And think about what Naomi has said about Yahweh in chapter 1. What are some of the things that she has said about Yahweh? Yeah, to the daughters-in-law, that he had his hand had come against her, caused her bitterness. Where else do we see her talking about what Yahweh has done? Blaming God for her situation. What does she say? Went away full, came back empty. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. 
Yeah, she, in talking to the girls. For is it exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has come against me? Mm-hmm. Has gone out against me? She wants to send them away to get away from this. Yeah, go back to your gods. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, where does the bulk of what she says about what Yahweh has done to her take place? Who does it take place in front of? So there, we see a little bit in front of her daughters-in-law, but then later, who are the people that she's speaking to? In uh, there, in the end, of, at the end of chapter one. <clears throat> yeah, the friends, the the women of Bethlehem, as they go back. And so, what does uh, look at what she says there to them? So she. She's accusing Yahweh in front of these witnesses, these women, in, at the, the women of Bethlehem. And what does she say that she has done? What has Naomi done? She says, look at verse 21. And, Naomi says, I went away full. Yeah. And how about what? What does she say that Yahweh has done? He has brought her back empty. Yeah, he's testified against her. He's afflicted her. So as we look at this, what what do we see about Naomi's attitude toward Yahweh? Who is Yahweh to Naomi? A friend? Uh, a God who is, she only sees the judgment of God. Now, we should consider Yahweh's response to her accusation then. As we look through the book of Ruth so far, um, what have we seen? How has he responded to Ruth so far? There's no judgment, okay. He didn't strike her down because of speaking out against him. Silence and love shown and like Ruth coming with her um, just being brought to the field of Boaz of all people. Yeah. Yeah, in his providence, he brings her not just to Boaz, who's a generous guy, but he's a guy that shows hesed, right, in Israel in the time of the judges. But also, he just happens to be a redeemer. Yahweh has given her uh, Boaz as, as, as a redeemer there. And finally, um, of course, in chapter 4 last week, we looked at uh, 
the hope of the resurrection in the name of the dead Elimelech being raised again among his brothers, right? So another thing that Yahweh has done, he's brought about. But in all these things, what has he said to defend himself? He's not spoken. So as we consider him working behind the scenes, we will notice in chapter 1 and in chapter 4 that these, these two chapters contain the only two times in the book where it's said explicitly that Yahweh does something. You guys see that in chapter 1, in verse 6. The first thing that he does is that he visits his people and gives them food. So now as we come into chapter 4, what is it that Yahweh does here? Look at verse um, 13. No, yeah, 13. Yeah, he visits Ruth and gives her a con- conception. So this is the second place, the, on- the only other time in the book where it says directly that God has done something. Um, so in thinking about that, how long had the family been in Moab again? Does anybody have that off the top of their head? Ten, Ten years. And how many children had sprung from those marriages in Moab? Zero. Zero children. In 10 years, Ruth has been without a son and barren. So as we consider that Yahweh is acting here to vindicate himself, what what does Naomi look for when she says she's been emptied? What, what does she consider as fullness? Her son's... Yeah, and so what would have happened had they stayed in Moab? Just not that they're, they did, but what would have happened to that fullness at the end of the day if they had stayed in Moab? That there would have been no continuance in Israel if they stayed in Moab. And the causes of Naomi's return to Bethlehem that she accuses Yahweh for are those very things that she mistakenly believed for her harm, but that actually, we'll see, turned out to be her salvation. So her salvation lay in Moab in her eyes originally. And Yahweh brought her back emptied. But we'll see the Yahweh in visiting Ruth and in filling her and giving her conception um, has returned fullness to Naomi. So look at chapter 1 and look at how she says he's brought her back empty. But we look in chapter 4 and we see him bringing her fullness. She's emptied of sons, and now she receives into her hands a son. And the the doctor, the good doctor, the author does something here regarding sons. If you look um, if you look at verse 16 here, you'll see Naomi, this is where she receives the child into her lap. And this word there for child is different than the word for son in verse 13. It's a 
It's something you don't that doesn't pop out in the English, but it's pretty cool. Um, and the author does this in kind of bringing us back around to something. In chapter one, we'll see the word "sun" used, and there are two words: one's "bain" and one's "yalad." And so, up to verse five in chapter one, it's "bain, bain, 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 bain" for sun, right? In chapter five, it's "yalad." That same word is what the author uses in 16 to highlight for us something. What is he highlighting for us? It's pretty beautiful regarding the emptiness of Naomi. What's being wrapped up here? as Naomi receives a child into her hands. Oh, it is probably foreshadowing that, yeah. But let's read verse 5 of chapter 1. And both Malon and Kilion died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. She's left without her children and her husband. Then if you come into uh, chapter 4 and look at the verse 16 there, Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. The author is showing us that this emptying of Naomi has been reversed, that the sons that were taken have been replaced with a son. It's pretty neat to see that there. So consider this. God is showing Naomi. Yahweh has shown her that the accusations that she has leveled against him were unjust. He's been working all along, hasn't he, to bring her to himself, back to himself. Um, As we look at the fact that she went to Moab with her family and she sought to return her daughters back to Moab, you know, remember the exceedingly bitter for me, for your sake. Um, she said, go back to your family and to your gods. Did did she have any hope? This is, this is a, did she have hope for a redeemer at that point? It's, it's interesting, as you get further into the book, she knows that there is a redeemer in Boaz. There's a nearer redeemer than Boaz. But who is she depending on? to bring a son to her daughters-in-law at that point in the book, in chapter 1. Herself. Yeah, Abraham and Sarah. It's a theme in scripture. The human schemes... So as we consider Yahweh then and his response, think about the mercy of Yahweh as he treats Naomi not with uh, tooth for tooth and eye for eye justice, but he, he restores her. He redeems her with a son. So if she had gone to Moab and, or if she had sent her daughter-in-law back to Moab to find rest in the home of a husband, no redemption. Ruth, that pesky Ruth, trailed along behind her, clung to her, clung to her God and to her people. And 
by this, Yahweh demonstrates Naomi was indeed wrong, wasn't, wasn't she? Yeah, the book. Yeah, that's a great point as we're looking at this. God is revealing himself, and it is by using Naomi and Ruth, but it is primarily about Naomi. We see the opening of the book, Naomi, the end of the book, Naomi. In fact, Boaz and Ruth kind of drop out of the picture after the the son is born. And then in verse, verse 14, it's the women and Naomi. And then Obed. So we see the women said to Naomi, Blessed be Yahweh who has not left you this day without a redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a re- returner, or restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age, for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. So remember again, who was it that witnessed Naomi's accusations against Yahweh? The women. Ruth did. Yeah. And who do we see here publicly vindicating God's loving kindness? The women. Yeah, Yahweh's finally spoken for. The truth has finally been told. The women said this to Naomi, and as they greeted Naomi when she came back, Naomi accuses Yahweh to them. As the child is greeted by the women, Yahweh is publicly praised for him. Isn't that cool? And this Obed now is the blessing of Yahweh in his loving kindness to Naomi, who was as good as dead, to be her resurrection life, as we will see in the second point. Yahweh gives life to the dead Naomi by a servant son. So remember what we talked about. What was the only way to restore Naomi? Her family was dead. All the males were dead. She was presumably too old to bear children. What was her only hope for the survival of her family? A redeemer? Yeah. What does that mean? A redeemer. What was what? Would, who who would be the one who would be the hope? Was Boaz the one who could be the restorer of life ultimately? Well, yeah, yeah, it would be God, and through Obed specifically, Obed is the one who would raise up the name of the dead in Israel. So the, think about the, the, that Naomi 
was as good as dead, but now she's been given life in this son. And a little uh, exercise again and seeing the connections that are here that don't pop out at you in the English. Um, but this was one of the, my favorite things to discover as I was going through this, looking at um, what Naomi says <clears throat> about what Yahweh has done. So in verse um, uh, chapter 1, in verse tw- verse 21 of chapter 1. Um, does anybody see a word there that has to do with the idea of return? It's not the same word as return, but it's the idea. Brought. Yeah. So remember in chapter 1, I kind of mentioned that the word return was an important word there. Over and over, the author uses the word. I think it was 12 times or something like that. And this particular form of the word is a form that says that someone is doing something to someone else. So Yahweh has brought. So he has returned her to Bethlehem. If you look at um, here in chapter 4, when the women talk about Obed here, do you see in verse 15 that same idea of one who returns to someone? Most versions, I think, use the same word. Restorer, yeah. So in other words, the, the, uh, in chapter 1, we see that she says, Naomi says, Yahweh has returned me empty. But the, uh, as we go into chapter 4 and we see Obed coming to Naomi, we see that the women respond with, he shall be to you a returner of life, you could say. Isn't that cool? The, it was one of those things that I was looking at as I was doing the translating, and I thought, oh, this is a weird, this looks familiar. <laughs> and then I started um, you know, reading commentaries, and eventually I thought, oh, that's cool. Um, Yahweh is giving Naomi life here, and she has said she's been emptied of life. Now, verse 14 there, uh, they, we, had, we talked about this a little bit. Obed is called a redeemer. Um, yeah, Obed. Yeah, that's a good observation. Yeah, um, what? Read the yours. I don't think mine says we. Do we have any, uh, can you think of any examples where someone's born and their name is called out because of the circumstances of their birth? What's that? Ichabod. Ichabod. 
Ichabod, which means the glory has departed. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good example. So the meaning of the name shows what the, what's happened. What, so think about what's happened here with Obed. And uh, this actually connects to the idea of the servant son is the one who brings life back to Naomi. Um, <clears throat> what is this son going to be doing for Naomi? Two things are mentioned. So that would be the uh, returner of life idea. What's the other one there? Nourisher of your old age, yeah. And so he's been given to Naomi as a servant. The the women name him what he is. And you can see that also in the the comment that they say following that uh, regarding her daughter-in-law. Isn't that an interesting comment? For, so connecting it to that idea of what he's to do. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. The, um, what was it that Ruth did for Naomi? Followed her. Stayed with her. I, the word, if I had one word, it'd be everything maybe? Or, yeah. Yeah, she she was to Naomi as she would want herself to be treated. Yeah, and her commitment to God is exhibited in her love for her mother-in-law, isn't it? Yeah. She's what Naomi should have done. Yeah, whose best interest is Luke, uh, Luke? Ruth looking out for? Naomi's, yeah. And so as this, uh, as the women name this son, Obed, which the name means servant, um, you can see why. Can you see why? With Ruth being the one who does everything for her mother-in-law, and she bears her a son and gives her to her mother-in-law, gives him to her mother-in-law. She has served her mother-in-law with a servant in her old age to raise up the name of her family once again. Yeah, better to you than seven sons. Yeah. How is it that Ruth, the Moabite daughter-in-law, can be better to Naomi than seven sons? That's a fun question, isn't it? How is that? Well, 
And yes, there's a connection there. But does anybody have a Charlie? That's pretty good. So it connects to the offspring. It connects to the idea that Ruth is fully sacrificing herself for the sake of Naomi. And all those things are tied in there. But the, specifically, the, especially the offspring that she's given Naomi is the returner of life to Naomi and the nourisher in her old age. Um, Ruth, by giving this son to Naomi, has displayed that she is better to Naomi than seven sons, which is the perfect number Perfect family, right, in Israel, the, the seven number, um, or ten, but yeah. So God has restored then life to Naomi by this servant's son. Not only um, does he do this, but um, what do we see bracketing the vindication here of Yahweh? So we've gone through how Yahweh has vindicated his name to uh, show that he indeed is loving kind to Naomi, even though she has accused him of not being so. Um, We've seen him returning her accusations with uh, the giving of life uh, to a woman who is as good as dead through a son who would serve her. Um, And that's kind of what we've looked at. But as you look at, at the the first part, if we look at um, where the elders start the blessing, so 11 and a half to 12. And then as you look at the last part of the chapter, 17 and a half to 22, we'll see, um, may the Lord make, may Yahweh make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you act worthily in Ephrathra, 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 says, and be renowned in Bethlehem. And may your house be like the house of Perez and Tamar, born to Judah, because of the offspring that Yahweh will give you by this young woman. And if we skip to 17b, we'll we'll notice uh, kind of this. Uh, the book seems to be wrapped up. A son has been born to Naomi, and they named him Obed. The end could follow. Maybe. But then this is added. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Aminadab. Aminadab fathered Nashon. Nashon Nashon fathered Solomon. Solomon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered, fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered David. So... Going to that third point, 
Um, I think we have time to touch on it at least. We see God brings a king to Israel through this servant, Obed. So was the greatest part of all this that Yahweh gave Naomi someone to care for her in her old age? It's a pretty good part. Is there something greater to come? Well, a king. king comes. Yeah. Um, the sun was great. The redemption was great. The filling of Naomi's emptiness was great. All those things were wonderfully great. And they teach us how God works with his people to redeem them, to show loving kindness upon them, how he reacts despite our sins against him with loving kindness and with redemption and with the giving of life through a servant's son. <clears throat> but here in the book of Ruth, it doesn't end with that son born. It, it ends with David. And um, so we notice the elders called out that blessing to Bo- on Boaz and Ruth at the gate, right? May your name be renowned in Israel. Uh, may, to Ruth, may you be like Rachel and Leah who together built up the house of Israel, right? Ruth. Who were Rachel and Leah to Israel? What's that? Start. Start. It's in their wombs that Israel was born, as it were. They're the matriarchs of Israel. And Ruth, the former Moabite, you see the elders calling her this woman or... uh, who has come into your house. She doesn't say this Moabite who's come into your house. The the elders don't say that. Um, She is an Israelite now. She, the former Moabite, is placed up there with Rachel and Leah um, as one of the matriarchs of Israel, which indicates what, thinking of dynasties, for for instance. I mean, the book gives it away. King David. uh, She, the former Moabite, is a matriarch of the line of the greatest king of Israel, accepting Christ, but who was to come from her. <clears throat> and we see that blessing then fulfilled, don't we, in the, at the end of the book. The blessing of the elders uh, connects to the genealogy at the end of the book. What was, so now going back again and connect, making another connection in chapter one, when was the book of Ruth taking place? The events during the time of the judges. And what was what was notable about that time? No king in Israel. Every man did was right in his own eyes, for there was no king in Israel. Yeah. And the cycle of the book of Judges is the people sin. They're brought into under some sort of hardship, usually a, an enemy. And then they cry out for help, and a judge comes and delivers them. And then the cycle repeats itself, and but it gets worse. And... At the end of the book of Judges, over and over, we see that refrain. Every man did what was right in his own eyes, for there was no king in Israel, don't we? And also think about the name of the man. Does anyone remember what Elimelech means? So, Elimelech. Melech is king. My God is king, yeah. My God is king. And we see the irony of the man whose, God, whose name means my God is king 
in the time of, in this, as this book takes place in the time of the judges, dying, don't we? But the connection here is cool to consider that through all of this, Yahweh brings a king who would, well, King David, but his offspring who would never die, who would be established forever. Um, so I, you know, Second uh, Samuel 7, of course, the Davidic covenant. I thought it would be uh, interesting to read that and notice the um, <clears throat> language there and kind of compare it to the elder's blessing in chapter 4 here. Um, so we see that Obed is the, the grandfather of David. The, uh, the one who is the servant who brings life also brings a king to Israel who would bring them rest. Remember what Naomi was seeking ultimately for her daughters-in-law in Moab? Rest. She was very concerned with rest. Um, so 2 Samuel chapter 7, we'll start in verse 9. <clears throat> and speaking to David, and I, and I have been with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. So you notice the elders say to Boaz, may you act worthily in Ephrathah and be renowned in Bethlehem. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. Just thinking about the travail in Moab and coming back into Israel. Um, even the exile of Israel in the future. But. And violent men shall afflict them no more as formerly from the time I appointed judges over my people Israel, the time of the judges. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, Yahweh declares to you that Yahweh will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And of course, who is that great king? Who is the servant son? Who was born of a woman by the power of God? Who redeems us from our enemies and gives us rest? Jesus. Wow, yeah. Micah 5.2. That's good. So, uh, does anyone remember what, what my main idea was when we first started? You might want to give it a shot. So don't, don't forget what we've looked at here. That God was accused by Naomi of abandoning loving kindness toward her. <clears throat> but here he's vindicated by his great act of loving kindness 
and giving her a son who would bring life to her. So that's a, the great thing we see here. Um, let's end with prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you <clears throat> work such things in uh, such wonderful ways that we might see who you are, that you are the great Redeemer who never abandons loving kindness to your people. <clears throat> we pray that you would grant us faith, that we would grow in our understanding of who you are, and that we would worship you because of it. Amen.